Hi, welcome to the Holesley Mark podcast show. And today I am talking to Milisha Johnson. It's a second generation ET experiencer, MI Lab and MK Ultra Survivor. In addition, Milisha is a certified hypnotherapist. She specializes in trauma recovery, ADD ADHD hypnosis and past life regression. She facilitates virtual support groups for ET experiences, MI Lab or and MK Ultra Survivors on the virtual internet through Zoom chat twice a week. She is the director of UFO Group of Las Vegas and facilitates two monthly support groups in her residence. She's had numerous contracts and adductions and has been involved with at least five different alien types, greys, insectoids, mammaloids, reptilians and human-looking groups. She has many MI lab experiences and has been in the underground bases which includes a black ops branch of our government and some grey and reptilian factions. She was born and raised in an MK Ultra family, started her drama-based training for Project Monarch and put to service at age nine. Malisha has had two missing periods of time in her life, sending to eight months each time, during which time she has little or no memory what happened, including a wedding, a husband, she has memories of surfacing. Malisha is also author of two books, Convert, Abduction, Military Harassment, Surveillance, Interrogation and Mind Control, and A Worm Butterflies, A Monarch Survivor's Story, available on Kindle and Amazon.com. She has a weekly radio show every Saturday on Starseed Awakening. She's a cast member of the Transcending Variety Show, she is also owner operator of Vector Five Tours of Las Vegas, VectorFiveTours.com. She and Ranger J Snow have nightly tours in the Las Vegas Valley. These tours include meditation with vectoring, vectoring of ships with military night vision goggles, high-powered laser information about planetary star systems, sharing our experiences and hearing others' amazing stories, VT sightings and contact experiences. Website www.starseedawakening.org www.vector5tours.com And hi, Melissa, and how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me here, Mark. Looking forward to it. Well, yes, as I said in your bio, can you tell me a little bit more about what, um, what MK and... Oh, Kim K. Ultra. Yes. Well, you know, I kind of thought I could just kind of do a little bit of a, um, definitions of a few things so that you'll understand when I do uh, talk today. But MK Ultra is the German word for mind control. MK Ultra's, uh, and actually the Nazis and the paperclip scientists actually were sent over and brought over here after the war. Um, and supposedly after Hitler died, but we know he didn't die. But anyway, um, they were brought over here and they continued their mind control experiments that they were doing actually at Auschwitz and many of the other places. And so they, they continued with in 
factions of our CIA, not not the CIA, but factions, offshoots, secret parts of the CIA, shall we say. So um, they uh, would take in families, they would, by their genetic line, sometimes by their bloodline, and in my case, I believe that's what it was, because uh, I'm a multi-generational um, in the... Uh, in the, well, Rosicrucians, Masonry, the Job's Daughters, different kinds of secret societies. And so um, they, they, it dwells in these kinds of families, and they often will just take a, uh, one or two of the children, sometimes more, depending on how many children they want, and they will basically, uh, the parents, they because of one reason or another, sometimes it's blackmail. Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's because they figure it's better than losing the rest of them. In my case, my I, we'd already lost five of the kids before I was even born. My parents had, and in very odd ways, and my father on his deathbed confession to me said, "I'm sorry, but I, I knew your mother couldn't handle any more children." losing any more children and at least they allowed us to keep you and let you live with us part of the time so that's why you know they they did in my case so I don't really want to go into a lot of the detail but it, it is a precursor the whole thing about MKUltra is a precursor to the monarch program and the monarch program is uh, also part of the Montauk and time travel uh, with the Montauk boys the monarchs, we had similar kinds of uh, things happen with us. Also, beta programming. And beta program is the programming um, of sex slaves, uh, as well as the alpha programming is the programming of uh, photogenic memories. And so they uh, would program us into being couriers for different kinds of things. So, so that, that, you know, just kind of tells you uh, it goes into a lot. My book, of course, if they get my book, uh, the, They Weren't Butterflies, A Monarch Survivor Story, that goes into the details of how it happened and why, and and then on to my ET experience and my hybrid ET, ET, ET experience, on to my mission, and on. You know, so it covers everything. So that is a biography that they can get to find out more if they're interested in more of this. So that kind of Hopefully that answers what a monarch is. Now, my lab is a military re-abducting. So people who have had ET experience, this is not all people. Again, it could be in a genetic line thing, they do it. But after an ET experience, they will be uh, re-abducted by factions of the government. Um, and again, this is not our military. They may wear military uniforms. In my case, it was black military uniforms. but. Uh, and sometimes night vision goggles when they would have ducked me out of my my home, but and then take me to underground bases. Um, so they uh, the DUMS, D U M B, the deep underground bases, are where these my lab experiences happen, and they are getting taking us for different reasons. Some of the reasons are they want to know about uh, what goes on on the on spaceships and and when we're with a uh, ET 
beings and galactic family that we have that, that will come and take us. Uh, they want to know uh, what types of uh, things we learn. Um, and in, in so many cases, like myself, I was in a classroom many times uh, during my experience as a child and uh, even going, growing, uh, getting older too as a teenager. Uh, and in these classrooms, I would remember speaking galactic language, reading it, looking at different things, learning things, learning telepathic ability, learning um, um, uh, telekinesis, moving objects, you know, with your mind, things like that. So uh, that is really a common thing for experiencers to have memories of being in schools that were, uh, teachers were ETs. So um, that kind of tells you about my, also with my lab, they also would like to know about how the ships ran. So they want to know um, the, um, uh, the technology about the ship and things like that. So that's kind of goes in a little bit on there. So there's a lot more to it, but that kind of covers that for you. And um, any other question before I go on with my own well, childhood? I, I was thinking about when you said about time travel, I thought I was technically time traveling at the moment because it's <gasps> um, gone midnight my end, but your end... It's gone four o'clock, so I'm traveling. Exactly. So I'm time traveling to your yeah, and your time's traveling here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's very similar. I mean, when you're on board the ship, there's no time, and it's as if it's it's going on simultaneously. So, therefore, our experiences are going on simultaneously. So we can, as I as I teach with my galactic. Uh, family of origin charts and such that I have that uh, people can find out that they are living numerous lives as ETs. They're also living numerous lives as humans uh, in on Earth or in, let's say, in time zones on Earth, in different times on Earth. So, you know, the... Uh, what we call past life, when I do a past life regression, it's it's so easy for it to happen and people to f find their past life because it isn't their past life. It's a memory that they're having going on simultaneously, so it's pretty easy to bring that forward. Hmm. Are you going to mention about your childhood? Yes. Well, with my childhood, I, I was, like I said, I was, I born into an MK Ultra family. That was going on. The trauma-based mind control was going on. But all the, all the rest, as, as well, was going on was my ET experiences. So my galactics came to me very, very young, and my first memories of them is at three years old. And it was with these little guys that I would hear them at night first, and they would be like, um, I don't know how else to say it, except little munchkin sounds, they would little, 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 fast little speaking kinds of non-human words, but they would talk to me, and they kind of got me used to their energy, and then one day, and I, it was in the daytime, 
Well, my parents were down, they were, I was under, underneath the stairs, and my parents were in the next room in our, in our variety store that we had at the time. So I was just playing in the hall while they were doing their work in the next room. And here these old guys show up. They had little robes uh, that covered their heads and went down. Um, so all I could see was their facial feature, and I did could see their arms too, but they were very furry little guys. They were probably three, they were about the same size as, as me as three years old, so they were probably right around three feet tall. Um, I called them the Bee Gees, the Bears, and mm -hmm. when I would talk about my Bee Gees Bear visits, my parents thought, of course, I was just imagining it like so many people think that these kids that the kids are imagining which they're not um i would always tell people if your kids are talking about seeing something you better believe they are seeing it because the first three or four or five years of their life they're able to see into other dimensions they can see and they can so be kids that have been able to you know tell us about these kinds of things they're seeing these these existences going on and they are seeing these visits from the ETs so I would have this visit from these BGs and years 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 after many 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 years when I was adult I went to a movie and when I saw the creature in the movie I was absolutely blown away and the movie was Star Wars and the and the beings were called Ewoks and so the Ewoks are the ones that were visiting me. They look very much like the Ewoks, and I'm sure that's where Steven Spielberg got his idea about the Ewoks, that they're a real being. So um, then I had a, what I call the tall, willowy one. It was my first, uh, my, my next contact after, after uh, I was probably about five, four or five when I first remembered them. And they were with me all the way through into um, my past puberty, into my teenage years. And, and this is something I'd like to say too. I believe that Star Seed, our galactic family, will come and visit us. And they will come and visit us for a time and then they will leave, and then another one will come and visit us for a time, and they'll leave, and another one will come and visit us, and we'll have these different uh, groups, or like sometimes they mostly come in threes, so we'll have these different groups of ETs will come and visit us throughout our life for certain important uh, mission missions that they're uh, helping us with, or certain important things that we need to learn and things going on in our life or maybe trauma like with me the Bee Gees were the most loving bubbly fun loving beings and so for me it was and also the willowy one which is the tall tall white one um it was so nice to have that feeling of love from them because I was not feeling that at home um I was feeling you know tortured and picked on and hurt and and, and, and trauma so it was wonderful so they were there with me to bring me through that traumatic time of my life um, also I saw while I was having ET experiences uh, this other type that was the best way I can describe it uh, is well I would see him and he didn't look quite like the other ones and I asked if I could touch him and he permitted me to touch him and when I touched him he had scales 
So he was a hybrid slash, uh, excuse me, a, a, a hybrid between a gray and a reptilian. And he was also small, maybe a little bit taller, maybe five feet tall. But um, he was also, I, I never had any bad feelings about him. I had good experiences with him. And um, um, let me see. So I don't, if you have any questions, you can ask Yeah, I was going to I was gonna ask you, do you know a couple of Czech ladies who talked to someone called E-B-E? Oh, oh, I yes. Iali, yes, yes, I do actually. They come to uh, one of the sisters come to my group, and uh, and she doesn't speak English, so we do some translation and sharing and things like that. But yes, I do know them. Have you have you interviewed them? I haven't interviewed obviously for the language bearer, but I was allowed to use their. I asked them if I could use their text for a podcast, which I did for uh-huh. them. And it it's quite popular, and I share everything they share. I, I, if they share stuff for me, I share it for them uh-huh. as a gesture because I I like what the, I like the idea behind what they're saying and what they do. Yeah. And also, I have that I've heard the theory, and you probably heard the theory, that some aliens may be us revisiting ourselves. Absolutely. I absolutely. That's where uh, my name come from. Was a Pleiadian group that visited me, and it was me visiting me. And I said, Misha, beloved Misha, we have missed you. And um, the other, and so I knew that was my name. I knew it. And she looks like a, let's say a younger version of me. <laughs> And uh, so, yes, I have definitely heard about them coming to visit. And we, and, and we also have these images of perceived, perceived through the media and films of what aliens look like. And obviously uh-huh. the typical is a grey being a tall being with being grey in shape and long arms and little legs and... Basically, this is the image that everybody has in their head. And I'm sure, as you, as you, I read your, your bio, there's not true. There's quite a lot of representations that a lot of people may not not heard of, but some obviously may have done. Yes, well, there are many, many types. Oops. There are many types that, that I hear an echo. <laughs> Okay, there's many types that, uh, I'm hearing another echo here. Okay, so there's many types of of ETs, uh, not just the tall grays, there's not, there's, and not just the short grays. For instance, there's probably, and I'm just going to throw out a number, because this is very low, there's 50 different types of gray, there's 50 different types of the tall white ones, like mine was white like an abalone shell is the best way to describe it. He was white and had these pearlescent colors coming from him. Um, the little little uh, Bee Gees, it, there's many types of mammalian types. There's cat types, dog types, monkey types. Uh, and all of the people in my group, and people in my groups have, uh, uh, have seen these types of beings. Uh, there, are, um, there are lizard types. There are... Uh, 
types that look like iguanas, types that look like uh, uh, kind of a fish uh, gecko-looking thing, right? That, that those types. There's the reptilians that look more like maybe a turtle. They look like a turtle. There's uh, reptilians that have uh, have horns. There's reptilians that uh, are look have like they have like wings. There's reptilians with tails, and there's some reptilians that don't have tails. There's reptilians with the big smile kind of across their face. I mean, they're very friendly, loving beings. And I will probably tell you a little bit about the ones that I had because I did have um, throughout. Uh, most of my adult life, I had an experience with what I called, uh, what actually what I, I was told his name was, because I, I couldn't understand, I couldn't speak his name, but he gave me his, his name that I could call him, was going to be Ayano. And uh, I had many encounters with Ayato, Ayano, and I, and I would go to um, on board ship with Ayano, uh, he... Um, would actually went uh, on base because he had an underground. They had an underground base as well as many many ETs have are have underground. You have the Agarthans that are underground. You have all kinds of different ETs that are underground, and and of course you have those that are in interdimensionalist too. So um, along with let me see. Oh, there's bird-like ones. Ones. There's ones that don't like to be called birds. They're actually mammals. Uh, and there are bird ones that look more like birds. Uh, Quetzalcoatl was a, a good example of that. Um, there are um, types that are just energy, but you see that, that, and I've had a visit from them, that you have this physical that you can see a form, but they're covered through energy. Um, there are... So there's, these are the humanoids, and then there's so many other types that are not, are probably are non-humanoid, but uh, our galaxy seems to be beaming with humanoid life. Oh, there's also, I, I can't, can't miss the mantis, there's the mantis, there are the, uh, like a praying mantis, there's the ones that look like ants, uh, there are... Uh, uh, let me see. There's probably more. I can't even keep, think of. There's many different types of cat <laughs> beans. I mean, there's lion cat beans. There's regular cats. So there's just so many. Uh, and people kind of, it's really important that people know that there are so many galactic uh, groups out there that it's not just the grays. Do you think or, they you know, use... Like ley lines to come and visit us because, like I mentioned before, we come on air. When you look at most reports, I'm not saying it's a scientific method, but it's a method I found myself that most reports that are on ley lines are connected. You normally find something with paranormal, UFO, cryptid, and paranormal all all on one line. about this I really don't so I'm really not going to say much uh, I have other people who actually um, do grid work within the ley lines and such to assist and help the galactics and our 
Mother Gaia as well, and, and the Earth. But, um, so I'm, I'm really not going to speak to that because I don't really know about that. But do you think they use it so, as a portal, like a, open a door? Oh, well, I, certainly there's portals, yes, and the ley lines would be where the portals are, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot more portals than just those places as well. In fact, a portal can be made in someone's home and continue to stay in their home and be there all the time until they close it. So, um, yeah, but ley lines and portals, and, you know, Machu Picchu has a ley line, that has portals, different places do. You're right. I'm sure Stonehenge has a portal. Um, now, you said in your bio that you lost time. Yeah, I think that's a common phenomenon that I have found with adoptions. Yes. That you lose weeks, months, in some cases years. Mm-hmm. People have been found to come back and they've come back five years later because they're reported being missing. And they come back and people think, well, you was gone, we thought you was missing, we thought you died. And they d- mm-hmm. to them it was five years ago, it was exactly five years ago, nothing changed. In their mind, mm-hmm. did that experience? Was that your kind of experience? Not the one that I spoke of, uh, but yes, I have had experiences where I had uh, contact with uh, ETs. I, like I was driving in a car and I had uh, I missed an hour and two hours, things like that. One one time I was with a friend and we was on top of a mountain and we were signaling a UFO and the UFO signaled us back. And a beam of light came right on top of the car. And I, we were both standing outside at the time. And I says, oh, well, we got to get out of here. And that was the last thing I remembered. And so I did find out from her and, I, and my experience. And we talked later and stuff. And I also did a regression on it to get a little bit more information. But we were abducted that night and taken, um, taken that night. Uh, but when we got back to our car, it was like when we woke up, we were right, I was in behind the driver's seat, and we drove back down the hill, and we had lost like two, three hours of time, so two, three hours of time here can be ten weeks there, it can be, or it can, you know, it can be a long period there, uh, five minutes here can be a long period there, there's no Nothing in time and space. If we're the only place that has the time and space thing, so. Uh, but my other ones that I talk about, where I've been seeing eight months of the period of time, that was that was humans that abducted me and t- took me, um, and they, you know, got me uh, to another state, put me in a program, projects of mind control and uh, torture and all kinds of things. Um, so I, I missed eight months. Now, the first one was um, I was at college. The, somebody came into the cafeteria and was talking to, to myself and two friends and asked us if we wanted to go in the dream project. project. And, uh, you know, it's just a dream study and we get paid for it. So I went to that. Uh, I was just off campus and I went to, to, to turn this extra money. And I went into the building, and that was the last thing I remembered for eight months. 
And the next thing I remembered, I'm all the way across the country, over, uh, not completely across the country, but from Idaho to uh, Seattle, Washington. And I wake up in a bus coming home. Um, in when I, I, I have all kinds of memories coming through me when, when I'm in the bus. And then I got home, I called my parents, they came and picked me up, and they said, we haven't seen you since the marriage. And I said, oh, what marriage? And they proceeded to tell me I had a wedding and I got married and they didn't like the man that I had chose, but I was an adult. I was, you know, I had, I was about to be an adult. I was 17, but I wasn't 18 yet. Um, but uh, that uh, they had just accepted that it was okay. And But I, he had taken me off the very next morning after the mar marriage and they hadn't seen me for eight months. So anyway, so that was Mind Control Monarch and all that baited stuff and it's it's in my book and they can read about that. Um, so that then I had a second one where I uh, remember that the phone rang. It sounded like a fax machine and I was instructed to go to Bob's Big Boy and have and be ready to leave and go to Bob's Big Boy. So I packed everything. I quit my job. Um, I, I didn't even quit my job. I just left left that day and my job, you know, I don't, I don't even know what happened because eight months later I find out I wake up in San Francisco this time. From Utah I was at and, I, and this next thing I remember, which is the next minute, I'm in San Francisco. So our, our factions of our government have the same ability that the ETs do, ETs do to block somebody's memories out. I think we. I think political correctness is a form of mind control. Uh huh. Because when you think of it, we we become more aware of things that say like you're in a park. I'm using this as an example. Um, you're watching kids playing, like. You know, nothing vicious, you're just remembering your childhood. But you don't want to stay there, because in your mind, you think, oh, someone's going to think I'm a pervert. So you walk on. Now, no one's said that to you. No one's mentioned to that. But it's you're, you perceived it in your head, a bit like uh, what was mentioned in an animal farm. You know, not quite the same, but I know most people quote that, but he's, he really got it quite right. We said, well, well. Question that you're asking. Well, I'm just using. Uh, I was using political correctness as a, as a way of mentioning when you said about mind control, because basically, um, as I said, you, you might go into a park and you see kids playing, and you like to think, remember when you was a kid swinging on the swings or going on roundabouts, but you don't like to right. stay too long because in your mind you think you're going to be perceived as a pervert. Or a oh, sexual predator. I see. Okay. Okay. Obviously, that's okay. not that's not. No one said that to you, but because of the society we live in now, you're afraid that people are going to perceive that. Though no one said that. But, right. And I think this, like you said about mind control, I think this is coming more and more prevalent in society. Oh, 
Oh, yes. It's true. People are programmed by television. They're programmed by commercials. They're programmed by music to uh, to be uh, exactly what they're supposed to be. You know, be, be, be the drone, go do the work, come, you know, come back home and, and watch TV. And political correctness as far as the different types of uh, um, uh, races and such, we can't even handle different colors of skin. What in the world would we be able to do with aliens that look totally animal animal type looking beings to us? I know it's crazy, isn't it? You can't say yeah. certain you can't say a certain words and one word actually I won't say used to be a colour of cotton once upon a time. If and I've never, never Yes, I won't say the word, but um, yes, yes. But he, it was actually a colour of cotton, and I I can understand why people want to claim the word word because obviously we enslaved people, and that was not a good thing to do. Right. And but in one way, I think they've they've made themselves more aloof, and I think that's what happened. If an alien was to come down, land now. Right now, in wherever they wanted to land, come up to them, someone and say, Hi, how are you? <laughs> First of all, we probably go, Oh my God. <laughs> and we pull our gun out and shoot them. Yes, exactly. You, you know, I, I know, you know, I, you know, it's crazy, but they would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you know what, I, I think there's an answer for that, and I believe it is in the hybrid program. Mark, I think that the hybrid program is the most important thing to happen. Uh, the hybrid program has been going on since the 1940s. And so ETs have been doing this hybridization program. And, but, and I'm more and more, and there's so many different types of ETs, by the way, doing this hybridization. It's not just the grays at all. There's humanoid, I mean, human types that look ex exactly human. There's uh, types that are look uh, more maybe uh, lizard, different things like that. But there's many different, mantis, there's many different types that are doing the hybrid program. And I actually um, have been shown many of my hybrid children. I have 17 hybrid children. Um, and I've been shown them personally with President call it a presentation uh, where my like say my very very first one was and it, this was my tall willowy white one tall willy white beans that they have white and they have a very small skin very small nose uh, they have uh, not huge black eyes but they do have black eyes actually I think it's more of a cover the more I think about it the more I feel and the, the feeling of it and then they're tall and slender very slender, and when they walk, they're very willowy. They're, they, they don't look like they have bones. That's why I call them willowy ones. And I would be, was taken to the nursery, and one of these, like this, being walked up to me with a baby and handed it to me, put it in my arms. And I immediately bonded with that baby. I felt very nurturing. I felt the maternal instinct come in, and I knew it was mine. Though he looked pretty scrawny and very, 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 very skinny, uh, had a big head and eyes much different than mine, 
I bonded with him. And when I did, they put this telepathic message in my head. Now, a lot of experiences see things and hear these these telepathic messages the same way as I do. Um, Not everybody, but a lot of us. And it is where they'll say something or a phrase, a sentence, and at the same time, they will show you imagery about it. So what they did is they said to me, this is a success. And I felt this really warm feeling that they were very happy and worked out well. At the same time, I was I was seeing other people being presented children, or I mean babies, not children, but babies, and them dropping them or running from them or not, not warming up to them at all. So they were happy that mine was a success, and they wanted to show me that sometimes it happens that it isn't, and we're happy it is. Um, another time, I was uh, in the nursery, and um, this was after I had went, met Ayano, and Ayano came into my life in 1989, um, and he came into my life because at the same time I was having uh, I was having terrible experience, my lab experiences of being abducted, and I was being taken to the underground dump bases. I was being tortured sometimes. I was being interrogated all the time. I was being given, uh, put in different types of, uh, you know, electric shock kinds of things, helmets that made me see things that were terrifying, all kinds of different things they would do to me. Um, and, uh, and, I asked my galactic for help because I said, I'm losing my mind. This is horrible. I can't do this. I can't live this way. Not to mention my children were being abducted and taken into the underground bases. So I said, please send me help. Please send me some protectors. So they did. They sent me Ayano. He is a seven and a half foot reptilian with a beautiful avocado green color like the avocado green color on the outside, the lighter avocado green, and then his shell kind of front on his chest was a, the light, the inside of the avocado green. He was very kind to me and my big protector. At the same time, they sent me, him, they sent my sons, another type of uh, mammalian kind of being, and this was kind of, he looked a little bit, they, they looked like, uh, my kids described them when, when, when we talked, like a donkey and an otter is the two that they look like. And they would wake up and these beings were standing at the foot of their bed protecting them. And at the same time, Ayana was protecting me. So I had, uh, so as I said, genetics go on with uh, reptilians as well as all other types of beings. Well, I was involved in the hybridization program in the, with, with the uh, reptilians as well. So this particular time, I was again on the ship where this tall willowy one was, because I said, told you he was with me my whole life. Um, and I was went into a nursery, and there were all these children, different sizes, different colors, different different features, some more animal looking, more some more human looking. And there was one that walked up, and he had scaly green skin. The green color was the same color as the avocado color of the of, of Ayano that he had on him, and he um, I knew immediately he was mine, and I asked, "Who's the father?" And they 
again with a visual and a telepathic, they told me, well, you call him Ayano, and then they showed me Ayano's imagery, and we, so you call him Ayano and the all, and the all, I was shown many genetics of, of different types of genetics. It was almost like, I don't know, it was like a little bunch of squiggly things all over it, and I believe what they were telling me was all the different genetics that they have they have in their their hybridized labs make up some of the hybridization program that they, so they use a certain one type of ET and then they use many different little bits of other types of ET so certainly he is not 50-50 but 50% reptilian or 50% human but he's reptilian and the all so I was going to ask so you I two questions Manisha I was taken into a, uh, a, a nursery and I saw all these children. They were like, I don't know, I couldn't, I didn't count. It was 15, 16, 17, 18, whatever it was. And they were all different sizes, shapes, colors, types of different beings. And I said, oh, which one's mine? And they said, they all are. So I, I knew the hybridization program goes on. It's very important. And later in life, um, um, I was connecting with them, and I would dream about them, and I would have them in my house. I would have them come and be by my bed and speak galactic language to me. Then half asleep, I would speak galactic language back to them. And this went on for a lot of time. And then um, about four or five years ago, um, I had this more and more until I have what they call the Galactic Consortium of Hybrids come and visit me, and they are here communicating with me, and so I speak Galactic Light language, and I also translate that language as well for them to different people who are, um, like they're having a Galactic session, they want to know who their family is, the, these beings will come in, and it isn't always a hybrid, and sometimes they're family too, but they'll come in and they'll uh, speak a galactic language, I, I will speak that through, and then they'll give me a translation, and then I will give the translation. So um, they told me that they are the bridge, the hybridization program, the hybrids, are the bridge between our civilization, they're the bridge between our civilization and their civilizations, and they feel that it is very important to bring the two groups together in harmony and love, and unconditional love. I was going to ask you two questions. You don't have to answer them, but it's obviously the question that everybody would probably ask you. You've probably been asked this about 10,000 times. But what, question one. Now, most people, when you say you've been abducted, they always think, when people, the aliens are abducted, the first thing they say is they're probes. They always say that okay. every time. And I know uh -huh. it's probably not true, so I just want that bit cleared up. And the other one is, and you probably know this, what do you think people, they may say they are totally sceptical of what you're saying? people who are totally skeptical, skeptical about what I say? Yes. Oh, that's okay. They can be that way. They can, until they're ready to, to know it, then they, they're not going to, it's not going to be in their reality. It's not going to be in their paradigm. Uh, it is my experience. It doesn't matter if people believe me or not. It's, I know it's true. 
and uh, obviously it's a bit about the probes. I'm sorry about that. I just thought that's the first thing people come to my. I, I thought it came to my head, and I thought, no, don't be silly, Mark. But it's obviously the image we've been given in the media. There was a documentary on Netflix, I can't remember it, about uh, someone did a, looked into um, implants and they, this man had like a little bit of metal in his arm, like a shiver. And they, they did experiments on it and they could not find where the metal came from on Earth. Now later on this was debunked, obviously. But I just found it that the whole documentary fascinating. I'm sorry I can't remember the name of the documentary. That's Dr. Roger Lear, and I happen to know his scientists that work with him. He's a friend of mine. He also is he he is the one that he does scans, and he he, with, he has all kinds of different equipment. His name is uh, oh my god, his name is Steve Coburn, and he um, has um, all this type of equipment, and he can. And he, like, for instance, with me, uh, he actually did it with my group here in Las Vegas. And he brought all his equipment and he scanned us all. And with me, there were many 
implants found on me. There were also implants that actually give out a radio wave that he found on me. One, one. I had one that gave off a, a, a actual uh, wave of, of uh, communication and radio. Who knows where that came from? And different ampl- implants. So he scans for those with these different uh, equipment. Yeah, I find that interesting because it's a very common thing with adoptees because I've talked to a few and they say that they when they come back they do know that they've got like something inside them. They can't explain yes. what it is. It's normally, as you yes. say, a small metal-like normally. Yeah, it moves around. It's a little hard, little knot kind of thing. It moves around um, and sometimes it's not there. You can't find it at all. And then there it is again. Uh, it, it does. It moves. I believe that they move, you know, like especially if somebody's trying to feel them, they'll kind of move inward. They're, I believe they're um, organic and intelligently, um, let's say, intelligent. Do you think they're like nanotechnology? Like we've, we've... Uh, nanotechnology, absolutely. Nanotechnology, yes. Because people now are implanting themselves to open doors and... Um, uh, what a mistake. Yes, they are. Swipe, swipe their phones and all yeah, sorts of weird yeah, and wonderful things. Thumb. Yes, I know. Yeah, they're just kind of setting themselves up for when the uh, powers that be want to do something, they're going to be the first in line they're going to take. Now, they're their guinea pigs, you know. They're their guinea pigs. I can imagine so. We always have to have guinea pigs. Sometimes they steal them, and in the old days, they, you know, when my, in my experience, they'd steal us and kidnap and things like that. And they also do the psychotronic warfare now against people and do it that way where they're uh, voice to skull and they're um, doing, um, um, uh, you know, radar or microwave and all kinds of different things, not radio, but microwave and, and uh, all these different kinds of things to to do them and torturing them on a daily basis, or actually 24 hours a day. And then they have the, the artificial intelligence that's coming in, which is the transhumanism and uh, making super soldiers, so making people half alien that way. Um, and there's so many, and so there's, and there's so many things that they're doing to get ready for what they think is a plan. But I believe, that, and the ETs tell us, that there is a consciousness happening. The, the uh, ascension, shall we say, ascension consciousness is happening. People who are experiencers are connecting more with their galactic family. And, and we are going to get assist from other, and are getting it. But we have to get it through the hybrids or the star seeds that have been born here that are doing and waking up and redoing their mission and things like that. So they can't just come down and rescue us. We have to rescue ourselves. Now, Melissa, you said that you are also an author. I have looked you up on Amazon and you have quite a good selection of books. Obviously, I would like I would yeah, like to read a chapter one. And a couple of them are Kindle, yes. So um, my first book that I wrote was Covert Abduction, Military Harassment, Surveillance, Interrogation, and Mind Control. 
and and that goes into the my lab experiences and uh, some of my ET experiences. But I put my ET experiences in to show how with the my lab they reabduct you. And um, I even have an experience where they tried to take me right off the road um, and and take me out um, by giving me a heart attack. And uh, but that didn't work. So that's one book, and then I have They Weren't Butterflies, which is a monarch survivor story, which is uh, goes into my, all of my life, from the very beginning of my life with my MK Ultra and with the uh, ET experience, with my hybridization program, with my um, MK Ultra and the monarch program, and going into my mission at the end of what I'm doing now, which of course is really, really near and dear to me. Um, I also have uh, the ET Experiencer Oracle card deck. Uh, I have a co-author of that, Anna Newberry, and I have uh, uh, the deck, which is an Oracle deck, but you can do readings from it to find out about your own ET experience, and I do readings actually with it all the time, um, and uh, the book is a uh, there's a book as well with it and so that's that and I also have the galactic planet of origin chart which is channeled to me for people to find out what their galactic planet of origin is and along with that I I do readings as well and I actually do live readings on the Pleiadians group it's called Pleiadians it's a private group so if you happen to be on the Pleiadians group you can come and see my live readings galactic readings that I do for people as well. Um, I am a hypnotherapist. I'm certified hypnotherapist. I do specialize in trauma re uh, release uh, hypnosis. I do ex ET experiencer and the every avenue on that. Uh, in, in experiences with me, you will find that we do a lot of uh, your galactic uh, family. Well, you'll find You'll see your galactic family. You'll see your your. You'll speak with your higher self. You'll look at the kashic records. These types of things are what I uh, work on with people. And um, I also um, do galactic planet of origin light sessions, which where you can speak with. Then these are a session I do where I channel the galactic family and I bring them through and. Usually you're talking to your parents, um, and uh, people really feel the energy, and they feel the excitement and the experience. And they can find the galactic chart. It's a, it's a little packet, actually, that I do where you get the chart, the information, and a pendulum, which is a beautiful dowsing tool. A pendulum is just a beautiful crystal on a, on a chain, and you douse with that and find your answers. And uh, so... I put all that in a pack as well. So most of that is on Amazon.com. As, as I said, I'm also on Kindle there. And then uh, you can go to my website, and and I get all the proceeds that way. So that is StarseedAwakening.org. And that also tells you where I'm going to be speaking. I speak at conferences all, all over. I'll be speaking at a conference in... Um, into about a week, about a week from now, up in uh, Lake Tahoe, 
um, and and I will be speaking up in San Francisco area, and then I'll be speaking in Albuquerque. Uh, so they can also go on there and find out why I'm speaking in. But this is the fun. Now I've had a near death experience in my life. Okay. Now when you talk about near death experiences, obviously we're talking about touching God, or t- uh-huh. being. Um, I was. I believe I was. Um, helped by a guardian angel or spirit, uh, God, um, spirit guide or whatever version you like to call it. Now, uh-huh. now, are we misconcepting that that angels? I'm not even getting this out. It may be a little bit controversial. That angels could possibly be aliens that we don't understand. <laughs> yeah, they could possibly be. Um, I'm glad you brought this up because I believe so many uh, of the angels, um, uh, ghosts, angel sightings, ghost sightings, different paranormal sightings can also, the orbs, people think, well, maybe that's a ghost, it's an orb. Some of those are also ETs. And I will tell you that in my groups, and I've been facilitating groups since 1991, and uh, I, you know, I did facilitate them in my home. And then also, I, I do want to tell you this also before time is up, that I facilitate support groups on the Internet through live Zoom. So you can come and share your experiences on live Zoom. It is a private group. I only send it to people who I've talked to who's, who have come and joined. And um, um, they can come and share, they can share their videos, they can share their pictures on Zoom, it's wonderful, everybody can share uh, their experience, and I have those every Sunday from 12 to 3, so that might be a little better in your area, I think, for uh, people, 12 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I don't know what that would be over your time, but I think it's a little earlier than it is now. Well, yeah, it's, 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 I don't mind it. I'm very used to doing different kind of podcasts. Um, I'm going to ask you about your radio show. Because obviously you've oh, been, you your radio... Let me finish talking about my group. Sorry, I do apologise. Okay. I should tell so, myself off. Anyway, so uh, I also have a second group. I'm a glutton for punishment. I have two groups a week. I um, have a second group, and that is every Wednesday from 3 to, to 6. Uh, so people can come to those groups, and they can find them through my through Facebook. If they go to Facebook and they go to the events, all of my events that happen are always listed there. They're all public, so you can come and join it. Once you tell me you, you want to come, then I'll send you the private link, and then you can come to it. You can come through, uh, the, like I said, the Internet, and they even have... Um, um, um,
have that every Saturday. So let me see. And then Transcending Realities is going to be put on Amazon.com as well hmm. uh, through Ivolve um, TV, I believe is who is uh, putting it together. Anyway, uh, the Transcending Realities, our TV show, is going to be put on Amazon.com. So you're a very busy lady, Misha. I am. I am a very busy, yes. And obviously you have a family life as well. I mentioned tours. I didn't tell you about that. No, no, please do. I mentioned it in the bio. Yeah. In fact, uh, right after I finish here, I'm going to prepare and get ready to go to a tour tonight. Um, And in these night vision tours, uh, we kind of have a a nice little meditation, a short meditation. And then in the meditation, we put our consciousness out in the space and we vector it shifts and then we uh, so we invite them in and then we watch them coming through uh, with night vision goggles so I have many pairs of night vision goggles that people use and lasers to spot the the uh, UFOs and so I take people out and we do these uh, night vision tours well we should as you know, the time's slowly coming up, but I usually like to do a, like a, a unique sign-off that I like to do for everybody. Okay, what's that? Well, if you're ready, I'll just prepare myself. <clears throat> Thank you, Manisha, for being on my show. It was nice to talk about aliens, you know. I would like to know some more, so I'll look up your groups. Please, people, look up our books. Thank you. Thank you. And they can find that group on Facebook, Starseed Awakening ET Experiencer Group. That's how they can find it. And uh, those are private groups, so they can come in and, and uh, join. And then from there, they can go to the, pri- to the private uh, Zoom group, which is live. Okay? Yeah. I, shall, I, shall, I might do some research myself about if I may have a possible alien connection somewhere out there in the universe. Well, yes, you should, definitely. I mean, the fact that you had a near-death experience sometimes wakes people up to the fact that they have had ET experience as well. So you might check your dreams. Check out your dreams, folks, because your dreams are the ways that the ETs bring you your memories back. Your dreams are the ways that your experiences can be, your psyche can accept and handle your experiences that you're having with your ETs. So it's just might be. And tell them to go on my website um, and look at the questionnaire. And I'd like to have you do that. Go to my website, sarcedawakening.org, and go to the uh, questionnaire uh, page and fill out the questionnaire on and you'll be so surprised to find out you might just be an ET experiencer, Mark. I will do that. I will probably not tonight. <laughs> no, probably not tonight. I don't blame it. Uh, my, 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 I'm going. <laughs> um, uh, but um, yes, I'd like to thank you, Melissa, for giving your time a day. I do appreciate it, and I always like to say thank you to my guests. Good. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Mark. That's okay. And, and good karma to you. <laughs>